Hello and welcome to Greedo Shop First. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. How you doing, Marco? I'm doing well. How are you, Benjamin? I'm doing just fine. It's been a while because there's been nothing to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about just about a year later uh, after the initial news came out. Probably about a year later since our first podcast. Yeah. But... Um, it's been a year since Disney bought Lucasfilm, and so far, not a ton of information, but there was just some some stuff in the news, some changes in the production, so we thought we'd do another podcast to catch up on that and, you know, the latest rumors that are probably all not true. Mostly it's been us trying to avoid talking about the rumors. Yeah, most of the rumors have been such obvious bullshit that it just didn't seem worthy to even give them any attention, but... uh since Star is in the news, why not talk about it a little? Mm-hmm. <sighs> so the, the big the big thing is the uh, the kind of change, if if you want to call it that, in the the production lineup. It's the, the only real news. Yeah, yeah. The only real news at all is that Lucasfilm is like, oh, by the way, here's like all the like official kind of like top level crew people for the new movie. And also, there's some new writers, kind of, you know. Yeah. I believe the exact verbiage was like, Michael Arndt has done a terrific job, like, getting us to this point. And now J.J. Abrams and uh, Lawrence Kasdan are, like, you know, taking over to, you know, come down the home stretch or whatever. Um, It's one of those pieces of news where it's it's like a Rorschach test. Like, depending on how you already felt about the Episode 7 you can interpret that news to mean whatever you want it to mean. You know, it can mean everything's fine. It can mean, Oh damn that JJ Abrams. He's like crowding everyone else out because he's a megalomaniac. It can mean the production's fucked because you know, it's in turmoil. Like, I don't know. You know, it's gotta be great to direct a star Wars movie, but don't you also want to get your name on the script? I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, I have somewhere when I'm reading when I was a kid, a book just on the process of writing the scripts for the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. And it's fascinating. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's Hollywood. You know what I mean? It's like, it's the process of putting together a movie that you can put a huge budget to yeah. the, the different drafts and the, the drama going on with writers and stuff and you know, like lay bracket and all that stuff. So yeah, you really don't know what's going on. You don't know how many drafts aren't turned in. You don't know well, the, what the next day. I mean, d- didn't you say that like this change actually happened like earlier over the summer? That's the rumor. So who knows if it's true or not? Uh, the two kind of like main like kind of storylines that I've read from this, like the two different interpretations I've seen. One is that basically like there was like a a disagreement over like kind of the direction of the movie between JJ and Michael Arndt, and JJ won that battle, which is why Michael Arndt is off. The other interpretation, which is the one put forth in that, I think it was Hollywood Reporter, did a story where they had like a little bit of behind the scenes information that still, who knows whether or not it's true, was basically that like Michael Aaron had been working on this for a year. He can make a lot of money doing shit as a writer other than this. And like he was basically done, you know. Mm. And it, it may be something where JJ wanted new changes to the script. And at that point, Michael Aaron was like, well, look, like, I'm not doing a whole other pass on this. You know, I, I have money I can go make elsewhere. You guys can finish it from here. So it could be both. Yeah. Which the only, the only 
thing about that rumor is that we've been sold on what a passion project this is for Michael Arndt. That this is like his dream come true. It but could, then again, could be. I can only imagine how stressful it is to spend a year working on your childhood dream. Yeah, seriously. Um, <laughs> I can imagine like if someone were to hand me the script writing details for episode seven for about one day, I would be the most happiest, excited boy in the well, universe. And then I would never sleep again. Presumably a year ago, he already had like a 50 page treatment done. Yeah. I don't imagine it took him that long to write a full script. Um, he's probably done several drafts, you know, um, and it may have just gotten to the part where it's like, whatever changes you guys need to do to kind of, uh, come down the home stretch, you're welcome to do on your own. I'm not sticking around anymore. You know, it's, it's fascinating though, because now JJ Abrams, like whatever people think of JJ Abrams, it's, it's something new. Yeah. A couple years ago. Cause remember once upon a time, JJ Abrams was just a superstar writer. He was just a Michael Arndt. Mm -hmm. And now he's. You know, a director, like a like a universe builder, and like well, a, a mega producer. He and people like uh, like Lindelof, kind of, they exist in this kind of like writer plus type of vibe, where yeah. they're there on the set. They're not just like the writer, like in the, in the old model, where it's like the writer turns out a script and you never hear from him again. Um, yeah. So it could be that they wanted the writer on the set, and Michael Arndt was just like not looking for that sort of commitment. You know, right, right. But uh, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, once upon a time, Judge Abrams was just like the superstar writer. Like, uh, he was, this is the screenwriter of Superman Flyby. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's, it's kind of fascinating to think that now people, like, they have a questionable opinion about, like, J. Abrams taking over the, the final scripting process of this with Lawrence Kasdan. So mm -hmm. it's not like, it's not like we're in completely untested waters of Star Wars. It's got so. the writer director of Dreamcatcher on board. You know? Exactly. Sorry, exactly. I had to make that joke. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, if for as bad of a movie as Dreamcatcher is, and it's amazingly terrible, it's not bad in like a this person has no talent kind of way. It's bad in, in you know, we watch this together. It's bad in a, uh, uh, like, how the hell did this ever even get made kind of way? You know, yeah. like yeah. the aliens come out of your asshole, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, you and your buddy sit down with a six pack of beers and just enjoy yourself. Yeah. That's yeah. that kind of, with the guy who went on to, you know, win an Emmy in Homeland. Yeah. And the Oliphant. That's right. He was in that as well. That is Darth such, Oliphant. A, yeah. such a weird movie. <laughs> What's the strangest thing about Dreamcatcher is that they spent a ton of money on it. It's like a pretty legendary bomb. Uh, and it's like, how the hell did this get green lit? Like, why did they think this would work? Why are there all these good actors in it? It's yeah. like ridiculous roles, you know? Yeah, it, it's as a movie, it's absolutely, totally ludicrous. Mm -hmm. It is preposterous. But, um, you know, Kazan was there for the original Empire Strikes Back script. I'm sure he can uh, put in a word here or there. Or something just feels off, you know? Well, and again, as I understand it, the story is that Lay Brackett's name was on Empire because they felt bad because she was dying. Yeah, they threw out most of what she had. Yeah. Which, somewhere on the internet, you can find the original draft and see for yourself. You know? hmm. Interesting. Interesting. But yeah, I mean, Kazan is the guy who basically brought Empire home. Yeah, and he had a lot of input on Return of the Jedi, too. And, and Indiana Jones, as well. So. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so that's, that's the real news. And I think we're going to touch on a couple of the uh, bigger rumors now, aren't we? 
Oh, the the other piece of news in the Hollywood Reporter article, um, and who knows whether or not this is actually true. Um, there's like somebody from Lucasfilm tweeted like they're joking and said like like the only thing people won't believe is officially sourced news from from Lucasfilm or something like that about how like people are willing to believe any rumor unless it comes straight from like an official source. Uh, so and that was in response to the Hollywood Reporter thing. So who knows how much is true? But supposedly uh kathleen kennedy was pushing bob Iger, the ceo of disney for extra time they wanted to delay it until 2016 Ooh. um but Iger disagreed and said no you got to get it out by you know by in 2015 and and then they said that it was like jj abrams was on board with 2015 and it was kathleen kennedy who was pushing for the longer date to me that it's it's interesting that she would be pushing for it. I don't think that means any sort of like division between JJ and Kathleen Kennedy. That's that's like a classic like she's gonna take the cover for her director type of thing that producers would do, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's it's not surprising that he would he would officially be saying, No, I can do it by twenty fifteen and then she would go behind the scenes and try to get more time, you know. Well yeah, because if he keeps he's already won the one battle of the time push. To say that, because that was part of his, supposedly that was part of his direct, like signing on his director thing, right? So he didn't want to be locked into the specific date they'd given him. But now, to, for him to come back again after having been on it for many, many months and say, I need even more time. Yeah, that's. Well, they're, that's, they're, they're covering each other. He's, he's yeah. saying, no, of course I can get this in on time. And then she's going, well, you know, it would be nice to have more time as well. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, but he can't afford to say I need even more time. Mm-hmm. Well, and I people are all worried. They're like, oh, they should take as much time as possible. You know, you don't want to screw it up. And there's certainly a lot to be said for like the, there have been productions in the past where it was like, no wonder that movie was shitty. They they rushed it. Yeah. Um, but there's also been a lot of times where sometimes you need a little kick in the pants. You know. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. They had plenty of time to work on the Phantom Menace, and it it came out feeling rusty, you know. Extremely. And you know, I mean, Empire Strikes Back was a classic like, clusterfuck of uh, production. So, good and things can happen. Uh, yeah. You know, necessity is the mother of invention. I don't, I don't see it as a bad thing if they have to rush a little. That can breed creativity. Exactly. Exactly. It's not like, uh, like this is like a you know like the writer strike type of thing where they're going into production without a script period or you know with half a script or shit like that you know right i mean you theoretically jj abrams and michael aren't are like transcribing their own dreams you know <laughs> onto the script um so there's a couple rumors out there you want to start from least believable to most believable uh palpatine's villain so that one, there was a guy on the ForceNet message board, which is I consider to be kind of like the bowels of Star Wars fandom. Um, <laughs> it, it's interesting because there's been all this drama on there over the last week because there were a couple guys claiming to have insider knowledge and like not really backing it up with anything, but like giving, you know, they're like, oh, well, this is what's really happening in the production. Um, and one of those guys is the one who claimed that Palpatine would be the villain. And he... he he, it was weird because he claimed to like have this inside information how he'd been hearing about like you know fights between JJ and Michael Arndt for months or something like that and blah blah, blah. Mm-hmm. and then like other people would pop up and be like oh yeah this guy's legit he's like an OG poster from like back in you know the prequel era like he he has sources 
And then eventually, like, all the other things he'd said, like, it was like, well, you've, you haven't been right about anything, actually, so we think you're full of shit. So they basically, like, on the message boards, they started, like, banning people who claim to be inside sources unless they can back it up. So lots of drama in the bowels of the Internet right now over this. Um, I can I just say again, uh, OG message board poster? Yeah, OG. <laughs> back in the back in the early days. That wasn't even OG early Star Wars days, fan, right? but, yeah. Yeah. Back in Super Shadow days. Mm. Can I just, um, if you're out there, Super Shadow, can I just say a personal message from Marco Sparks to you? You go fuck yourself. Yeah. I don't know why anyone ever believed that guy. You dirtbag. You real piece of shit. So the rumor that this guy was spreading was that A, Palpatine would be the villain, and B, like, I believe it was like Michael Arndt's script was the one that had a ton of Force ghosts in it, like, including, like, Obi-Wan. And and he, he described that script as a prequel apology tour. Um but then like JJ's script like went in a different direction, like less force goes or something like that. I don't believe any of it. I, I think he's completely full of shit. Um I don't even know why I'm giving him a platform to spread his bullshit, but whatever. <laughs> Nobody well, listens to this either. We're so I mean like my one of my goals I hope with this podcast is not just to to talk about actual news but to kind of track a little bit of the phenomenon mm-hmm. yeah true. so i'm glad you mentioned that thing that from from look some people that the only <laughs> the only thing we won't believe is official news yeah because that really describes the frenzy the frothy mouthed frenzy of the internet when it comes to star wars now which granted is a very tiny well the, the speck of the archipelagos of the internets but still i i feel like the star wars fandom is i don't want to necessarily say it's a sleeping giant but like that's a guaranteed click on your website type of thing. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, uh, so this, so we're talking about, uh, least believable to most believable, I believe was what it was. Yeah. Um, so the Harrison Ford one would be next, right? I think so. Yeah. So the, the rumor is that Harrison Ford is holding his involvement in episode seven hostage in return. For a uh, guaranteed production or a script commitment or something on Indy 5, Indiana Jones 5. I don't really believe that, but okay. <laughs> At least he, he is acting more lately, so maybe he's looking to be more active. Like, for a while there, he really was, like, it seems like he went a couple years without doing a movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, I told you there was the Conan O'Brien bit, which was, which was genius, where... Uh, Conan O'Brien whips out a like Harrison Ford's like on the show for whatever reason. Harrison Conan O'Brien whips out a bunch of cash, uh, and he says, "I'll give you all this money in my hand if you can tell me just anything about the new Star Wars movie." And so Harrison Ford like pauses for a moment, and the audience cheers it on, cheers it on, and finally Harrison Ford's like, "Yeah, okay." He takes the money, kind of like counts it, and says, "I hear they're making a new one." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everyone seems to assume that uh, him, Carrie Fisher, and Mark Hamill are all going to be in Episode Seven. Which, Wasn't it Carrie Fisher who made the comment about the personal trainer? Maybe. I mean, but like, you can't believe anything she says. Like, <laughs> I, she's like very sarcastic with the media, and they tend to print it as like you gospel. know, not gospel so much as like uh, like like serious conversation. Yeah. You know, like the scoops here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they take it at face value rather than recognizing the sarcasm. Um, yeah, I I don't think there's any sort of holding back episode seven for indie. Like a lot of this stuff is probably like like telephone game type of situation where 
whoever like the low level person who works for the agency who is dealing with somebody else who works for the agency of Harrison Ford's agent or something like that, you know, like <laughs> they get it way down the line and it's like, Oh, here he's holding out for a new thing on 95 when it could just be that like relatedly, like he's like talked to Kathleen Kennedy about Indy five or something like that, you know? Right. Well, cause the problem with this rumor is that it doesn't make mention at all of like Spielberg. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think that like you really have to sell Kathleen Kennedy on a, uh, Indiana Jones 5. I think you need to spell, uh, sell Steven Spielberg on it. Well, I think it, the main thing that would be holding back an Indy 5 movie is probably just do they have a good script, you know? That was yeah. the thing that held back Indy 4 forever. It's like none of them liked the scripts they had. Oh, and I would love to... I'm sure they have it out there. I would love to go find myself a book on just a like, synopsis of all the various supposed Indiana Jones mm-hmm. scripts. Mm-hmm. drafts and pitches and stuff they went through because it's astounding. it's like a it's like a pulp like a noir you know genre just smorgasbord um yeah so i mean again here's what you know about harrison ford's involvement with episode seven same thing you knew a year ago which is you and know nothing we've all learned that harrison ford is apparently like has social anxiety or something he doesn't like doing talk shows so he's always a little bit awkward on them but does that shock anyone not really i mean he lives in like wyoming you know yeah well this is a man who dates glissa flockhart that's so bizarre she like disappeared i mean after Allie McBeal ended she just went went to the ranch i guess yeah, I guess so. Started eating again. Withdrew from the world. Uh, I guess we just talk about the Benedict Cumberbatch thing. The Benedict Cumberbatch thing, uh, which was something for like three weeks where the internet would not shut the fuck up about. Well, there was a, a full week of like, like there's a big there's a big scoop out there. All the all the websites know about it somehow, but they're all sitting on it. Like it was like this weird thing where like. As though like websites have scruples, you know, like all yeah, these, exactly. all these like junky sci-fi rumor websites all have the kind of scruples where they're just going to sit on it and not say anything. Yeah. They're really going to, they're really going to, uh, obey the embargo mm-hmm. on the, on the dark. The idea that there could even be an embargo, you know, yeah. you know, you know how you get an embargo is you say, you don't report this until this amount of time and I will give you 15 minutes with JJ or, or with benedict cumberbatch or whatever like that's how it works you know uh you don't just get an embargo for nothing exactly and you wouldn't give an embargo like embargoes work in uh in say like uh, like tech journalism you know everybody gets the ipad early as long as they don't post a review till this specific time you know that that's how an embargo works well when you notice that like uh with like uh movie reviews like embargoes aren't being obeyed anymore what's that yeah, a lot of times it's like it's all it's like just anonymous kind of uh you know, here's the buzz from the screening and you know, it's all getting out there even though the the actual reviewers aren't like, you know, putting their names on it. So, if there was ever any sort of rumor of casting where like it was real, they would not all sit on it, you know, the whole time. I think it was what happened was all the websites heard the same rumor and it was super suspicious and nobody actually wanted to run it. Uh, they probably all got contacted by the same person and then eventually somebody finally ran it and then they all ran it too. And it seems like they're pretty fucking wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, and again, this is a rumor that was born out of the fact 
that like you had Star Trek in the Darkness mm-hmm. with Benedict Cumberbatch as Khan, directed by J.J. Abrams. You know, it wasn't it wasn't the most like original. Well, and it would be like, oh, they asked him about it, and like he didn't absolutely one hundred percent like swear and cross his heart that it wasn't true. You know. Well, and speaking of of the Star Trek uh, reboots, like you had a very fascinating uh, casting phenomenon there, which is Zachary Quinto. This is a guy who, like, through his own word of mouth, basically got himself cast into a major role. Which is not something that happens all that often in, in these kind of things. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. for, for, Quinto was not a big name actor before him. You know, I mean, he played Siler, fucking heroes. He was on that season of 24. Yeah. He was on a season of 24. Eventually, he started in that like, the first season of that American horror story show or whatever. But that was after Star Trek. But you know what I mean? Like, like that was a pretty unprecedented move for, for a guy to basically talk his way through the media into a role mm-hmm. uh, but yeah it, it always happens though when whenever there's an actor and a director who have a pretty good thing going on whenever one of those two has a project next the media instantly links them because it's just yeah. easy well and hollywood's one of those places where you never say never so mm-hmm. there it's rare that you'll get an actor to just flat out be like no i'm not that that's not true i'm not i'm not in that movie they usually just say like oh i'd love to work with him again you know yeah yeah you're not trying to hurt your own negotiations yeah um yeah so darth cumberbatch is not a unlikely yeah yeah uh let's see there was one other rumor i'm trying to remember before the the one that might 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 be true um drawing a blank on it right now oh the um Chuita. there's a girl no there's a girl named Ksenia Solo who's on oh, that Canadian show Lost Girl for some reason she keeps popping up I, I don't know if it's maybe just like her agent or something um, but she, she's popped up so often in various threads I've read that uh, who knows and and she like it, it'll be the thing where like she like you know posts something on Twitter that like sounds like it's a coded message or something like that maybe she's just playing along for fun who knows she was also in Black Swan. Now, who is she in Black Swan? Like she's one, of one of the, the other dancers. She's the, yeah, she's. I think she's the one other than Mila Kunis that Natalie Portman snakes the role out from under. Okay. Yeah, I I, I watched a little bit of that Lost Girl just because I was curious about the actress. We we can talk about that tomorrow on our on our regular podcast, Time Trial Murder Mystery. Yeah. Interesting. Very bizarre. Um, Mostly, her big thing is that she's got like these. And crazy blue eyes and her last name is solo it's she's like a weird like like dna recombination of like kristen bell and uh ellen page you know and mia kirshner maybe sure that's naked mandy from 24 yeah yeah i know <laughs> no relation to Irving or uh urban kirshner <laughs> so the big one though uh is that Chutel tell for uh was he's like spotted in like JJ's office or something, and it was mentioned in a London Times story about Star Wars production. And so immediately, like some very unreliable website jumped out and said, like, "Well, we'd already heard it, so this confirms it." And, you know, like he's he's going to be in the movie. Um, I saw a thing where they asked him about it, and he just said, "Oh, I can't talk about that." You know, um, who knows. He, I, I'd certainly would be happy if he was in the movie. He's he's just the kind of actor 
you'd want cast in a Star Wars movie. So, but here's here's the where this rumor is ridiculous to me because okay, so a few months ago there was the teaser trailer for that book, the J.J. Abrams book. It's actually written by a guy named Doug Dorst. I don't know how Abrams is involved. Oh, that there stranger. Was that, that stranger thing. But people mm-hmm. are like, what the hell is this? So supposedly that author was in J.J. Abrams' office or whatever, talking with, uh, trying to get some details about the book with, that they're about to do or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And that and it's that guy who saw Chuta Ejiofor 4 there. And so it's all in the waiting room. It's all in the waiting room, for fuck's sake. And then so... Later, it's supposedly it's, he went to go talk to J.J. Abrams and said, what's up with like, Chuta Ejiofor? And J.J. Abrams says to him, the quote is, he looks at me dead-eyed. I can't discuss casting, he says, but he's a very talented gentleman. <laughs> and it's like, it could not confirmed. be more vague. Yeah, yeah, it could not be more like vague or unconfirmed. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean... Yeah, yeah. Because I'm sure that the guy who's doing a project with J.J. Abrams is now going to suddenly risk all that by telling the rest of the media. I, it's good enough as a confirmation for me. Yeah. You, you go watch that interview and just watch Chutelogy of Four's eyes as he denies it until he's lying. Exactly. Um, he's a good actor, but he's not that good. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, seriously, though, like he would he's like the kind of actor you want them to be looking at for a Star Wars movie. Um, uh, he's British. He can sell the kind of the the ridiculous dialogue that Star Wars is gonna have, you know. Um, he's just got like a cool vibe. He's he's been good in other sci-fi things. Chuta Ejiofor was like he was the uh, operative he's in Fire the Fire operative Fire. in Serenity. Um, it was in 2012. Ooh man, he was in Children of Men. Yeah, Children of Men. He was uh the other cop in Inside Man. Mm, mm-hmm. He and was in a Woody Allen movie called Melinda and Melinda. He was in that movie Red Belt, which I think I tried to watch and got bored after 10 minutes. It's a David Mamet movie? Yeah. So he plays like a kung fu guy. Well, now he's getting a lot of... So he's of got Jedi training, for, you know. For 12 Years a Slave. Yeah, he, he's probably... He's like the front runner to win the Oscar for 12 Years a Slave. So if he can land an Oscar winner in the next Star Wars movie, yeah, it's not too bad. Well, didn't they do that one time before? If, uh, didn't Liam Neeson have an Oscar once upon a time? You know, I'm not sure if Liam Neeson has an Oscar or not. I, he got nominated. I don't think he won. Uh, on Time Travel Emergency, we're going to talk about how fantastic Liam Neeson's new movie looks, right? Oh, the, um, he's the like on a plane. Yeah. yeah. It, it's like every, uh, every Liam Neeson movie now, it has to involve him, like, questioning his own sanity, you know? Yeah. Like, it basically looks like they took that other movie he did with, like, Naomi Watts, and they're just like, let's take some of that and put it on a plane. Is it Naomi Watts? Was that who it was? Unknown? With the January Jones? The January Jones, sure. They're the same person. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's like, it's like, which way can he go? Can he go with the taken route for every movie he does, or can he go the unknown route? And I think the unknown route is not the way you want him to go. Mm-hmm. What a so, weird twist ending. Looks like he just got a nomination for Schindler's List, not the, okay. uh, okay. yeah. But. Can we can we just can we just refer to Chuta Ejiofor as Black Qui Gon though? See, well, I mean, there's a couple of directions you can go. You can go like Imperial Captain type of bro. You can go Sith Lord. Um, you can go so, like to me, the best thing would be like Smuggler. I think he'd be a great Smuggler. Um, Black Han Solo. Yeah, basically, 
Grando like, Calrissian. I, I yeah, Grando Calrissian. I think he pulls it off. Although you know, I, I honestly hope he's not like Lando's nephew or something. Like, I'm sure there's more than one black family in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> you know, <laughs> although if, if he is going to be related to Lando in any way, his name would better be Grando Calrissian. Yeah, you're right. He, there's got to be more than one black black humanoid family, and mm-hmm. you can always honor uh, Billy Dee Williams' uh, groundbreaking role in the Star Wars films by giving Chewie Tell for a cape. Yeah, a cape, but a different name. A cape. Uh, maybe I mean, a, maybe a cup of, or a glass of a glass a, a can of Colt forty five. Well, just like really picture him in like the Han Solo outfit, like mm-hmm. that that works just as is, you know. Although I would invite the listener to go to go back to Time Travel Murder Mystery, go back uh, go back a wee bit in our in our episodes to find where we pitched a reboot of Star Wars. Was that in the Boba Fett kind of sucks episode? I don't recall. Which he does, by the way. He does suck. Yeah. Suck. Although maybe if he was played by Chewie Ejiofor, for, he'd be better. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I, I don't think there's a lot of franchises where I, I couldn't like pitch Chewie Ejiofor for into them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I you see him every once in a while, like listed for like you know like wouldn't this guy be a great new Bond or whatever? Well, he's uh, not. Um, he's not one of those like star power type of actors like Tom Hanks necessarily. Although Tom Hanks is a bad example of that because he can actually do characters, but um. Like Will Smith, for instance, you know, like Will Smith is Will Smith in all his movies, more or less. It's rare that he ever doesn't play Will Smith. Chutel um, yeah. is not that kind of actor. Like he, he inhabits lots of different roles with different vibes and whatnot. You He's know. a real actor. <laughs> He's an actor's actor. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it'd be it'd be nice to see him get a little more attention, a little more notoriety. I think he's probably going to win the Oscar, so he'll get some. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Uh, and the follow-up to the director of Shames film. Yes. With Brad Pitt and uh, Fassbender yet again. And Paul Dano. And fucking Paul Dano. Oh, it's interesting. I mean, who knows whether or not that casting call he sent out is true, that one where it's like seven characters they're casting for. Right. He would fit into a couple of them. There's like the 30s, you know, 30 year old intellectual or like the 40 year old military commander. He could be either of those, you know? Yeah. Uh, there's the other rumor that we heard. I would, I would go ahead and say the rumor, but I can never pronounce the actress's name. Do you remember? Um, no, I, I don't know what you're talking about. The, the blueprint for, uh, Scarlet Witch, uh, the Irish actress. Oh, Cersei Sa- Ronan. Yeah. I'm probably not saying that correctly, but. But that so she apparently auditioned for a role, but then when people asked her about it, she said, "You know, it's like me and every other actress in Hollywood." She said ev- everyone is red for it, um, which is probably true to some extent, you know. Yeah. Well, JJ, he has a pretty good track record of casting, so yeah, I think so. I'm, I'm, I'm just very curious to see who he casts in it. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I don't think. I mean, I'm sure it could happen. I don't think he's going to cast anyone who's like super polarizing, you know, he tends mm-hmm. not to, uh, usually like whenever you like, whether or not, you know, the person, like if you know the actor, you're like, Oh, that person's good, you know, or it's like, I don't know who that is. And they turn out to be good. Yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, maybe I mean, we'll get some news soon. Yeah. I mean, they, they said they're shooting next spring, which people are, uh, kind of pointing to as like, oh, the production's delayed. Uh, they had always said they weren't going to start shooting until next year anyway. Mm-hmm. So 
depending on what they're, I mean, they could say spring as in like late May or it could be spring, you know, they could, they could be calling spring February for all we know, you know? <laughs> right, right. Uh, it just, it's also just a question of, uh, post-production from that point then. Yeah. Though I imagine the actual shoot will take some time. Well, Lucas really took his time on episodes one through three. Like he had like, there's three years between them and his production schedule was like, it, called for like a month of re reshoots you know like right. you know half a year after the main shooter like like you don't have to make a movie that way you know it, it can be done faster i mean they they were filming the avengers a year before the avengers came out so it's not a huge deal true oh but then yeah that was definitely lucas's process um hence the uh terrible wig that you mcgregor wears yeah. in phantom menace mm-hmm. but uh supposedly like the initial pre-reshoot version of Revenge of the Sith, uh, the actual fall of Anakin is much different. Yeah, they completely changed it in the reshoots. Which I'm fascinated by what that could be. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and it's, I mean, there's a situation where they had tons of time to do it, you know. Um, yeah. They could really take their time. And it's hard to say whether or not, you know, I, I don't, we haven't seen whatever the original idea was. Or who knows if what they came up with was better or worse, you know. Yeah, you really don't know. Um, but yeah, especially since he just had distribution deals of Fox, he really could have done anything he wanted with those. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but he still took his time. So yeah, I mean, Abrams, it's, it seems like Abrams works a lot faster. Well, he's so, a TV veteran. Like, he knows how to put stuff out. I mean, you know, the, the thing you can point to if you're nervous is to say this is the guy who, like, took Lost from, like, like a one sentence idea to, like, the best pilot of all time in, like, 12 weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think in retrospect, you're going to be happier that he's taking his extra time in the extreme pre-production stages. Yeah. You want to, you want to burn more time now than later, you know? Yeah. You want to go on a good story and then worry about, although James Abrams, like, I think he still does tweak a lot. Like just listen to some of his commentaries and stuff. I think he still does tweak his ideas quite a bit in Mm -hmm. uh, his production. Well, and things change when you get on the set too, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I, have, I have seen, and I don't know if you've ever seen this, consistent rumors here and there throughout uh, throughout the past like decade or so that Natalie Portman was a huge pain in the ass to work with on the episode two and three, or all the episodes one through three sets, you know, huh. and that they almost replaced her. I don't know if you remember that rumor that they almost the, replaced her. Not with that Kira they Knightley. replaced her. No, it was that they were thinking of replacing her with Kira Knightley. Um, wow. I've seen those rumors, and it, it's hard to tell, like, is this all coming from the same rumor or not, you know? Right. Like, is this all from the same source, and it's not actually, like, a a, a swarm of confirmations or anything like that? Hmm. I mean, I think you could tell by episode three that she was not exactly pleased with those movies. Probably. I mean, at the same time, though, like, you don't hear those rumors about her from any other movies, so... It's right. not like she's like known as a pain in the ass to work with or anything, you know. Well, and and I mean, you've seen the little sniping comments from her that it was hard to work up the effects work and stuff like that, and 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 probably didn't enjoy sitting in front of a green screen all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what was it? Her best friend was Ahmed Best, and yeah. you know, she began a relationship there with Hayden Christensen, which may or may not have maybe that maybe that's why uh, there's a bad reputation. But then again, this is a this is you know however many years of filmmaking that she signed herself up to when she's like when she 16 was, yeah when she was like like 12 i mean so 
I can imagine that like you might regret that decision a few years in mm-hmm. or have sec- like, some I, misgivings about it. I think they've figured out now how to do green screen productions where it's not always just like the actor in a giant warehouse full of green walls, you know? Um, well, and I imagine you're going to see not exactly full on puppeteering, but like, uh, like in the Star Trek movies, that little sidekick of, uh, mm-hmm. Scotty's. Yeah. You know, who's not CGI. I imagine you're going to see a little more practical stuff. Just a little more. Yeah. Well, I, I saw a thing. It was for the Into Darkness production where it's the scene where Spock has to go down to the volcano thing from mm-hmm. the, the intro. Um, and basically they built kind of like the, the rock that he was on in the middle of the volcano. They right. built that whole thing with all these flames and sparks around it and, and like really did lower him in and have him like do stunts and roll around it and all that. And then just added in like the background, but there was tons of fire and flames and all that shit. So it's you know it's it's enough for the actor to work with and kind of like get into character. You know, it's it's not like he was doing that just you know in like a in one of those suits with a bunch of ping pong balls on it in front of a green screen. <laughs> right, right, you know, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, again, you know, obviously, if you listen to this podcast, we were very very pro brad bird but uh i think after brad bird uh, jj abrams stuff probably i never really considered jj you know um because i figured he'd just be doing star trek but uh i'm very excited to see what he can do i think i think he has it in him to make a really great movie and you've he hasn't i don't think he's made a truly great movie yet but i think you can see the potential for one there you know you mean like great or like just like masterpiece is there a difference or well, there can be. Sure. I'd say, I'd say Super 8 is a pretty great movie. Uh, Masterpiece? No. I mean, Super 8, you'd say, well, like it, it's got some Mac 3 prompts, you know? Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, um, yeah and then there's, in the Star Trek world, there's the question of who's going to direct Star Trek 3. Yeah, I don't care. Not totally, but... Um, oh, do you not care? Because Joe Cornish is the latest rumor. Yeah, no, I, I saw that. Like, If that means he's not doing Snow Crash, then cool, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see that as ever really being a possibility, because to anyone directing a Snow Crash movie, good luck. <laughs> I don't trust Joe Cornish. I'm not familiar with his work, but he gets effusive praise from the kind of people who have terrible taste, like Harry Knowles, so... I thought you had seen Attack the Block. I have not, no. Okay, good for you. But all the all the AICN people loved it and like would not shut up about it. Like in the same way they wouldn't shut up about shit like Pacific Rim, you know. So Ugh, yuck. Well, so what we know is that we don't know anything. We we have a general idea of the the main crew, like the main filmmaking the master filmmaking team, I believe they, they called it in the press release. <laughs> And, uh, and that's about all we have. But maybe... See, see the thing about this, like, Chutel Edge of 4 rumor is that uh, if it's true, I would expect it to get confirmed, like, within a week. You know? But more than likely, it's not true at all. <laughs> more than likely, it's not true. I, I doubt that it'll, like, like in three months, they'll finally unveil the cast and be like, yep, he's in it, you know? Yeah. Well, I would think that you would... Well, first of all, Comic-Con's come and gone. So I would think that that would have been a good opportunity to reveal some kind of casting. Yeah, Star Wars is bigger than that, though. They don't need that. 
what is the what is the next big nerdy thing for let me is let it me, not is that not where they reveal let the me tell Karen you Allen what thing, the next let me tell you what the next next big nerdy thing is it's Lucasfilm calls a press conference sends out invitations people show up they announce the cast like they can do that like they're Star Wars do they Wars, do you know? that like Apple events no but they should um if if they wanted to they could they don't need an event for an was excuse. it not Comic Con where they announced like this is just a bad example I know mm-hmm. but like the Karen Allen casting in Indiana Jones four I don't remember to be honest. I believe it was like there was like a video from the set of like in the edge of Crystal wouldn't Skull. be surprising wouldn't be surprising, but they don't need to do that. Like, but I imagine you're going to have some kind uh, of event, regardless of if it's another form or not, where they just announce for starters. I would think for starters that the big three have returned. Yeah, I would think you would start there, wouldn't you? I mean, I, I'm I'm torn on that. I mean, I some. It, there's a lot of ways you can spin that. I mean, on one hand, it's like, oh, the original three are back. We love them. But then there is a little bit of a vibe of like, uh, like, well, you're just going back to your safe zone, you know, like, uh, you're just well, making, you making some more it. movies with uh, all these old people, you know. I guess you'd kind of have to do it like they did the initial Star Trek thing where they had Nimoy and Quinto together. You know, they didn't even have Chris Pine or any of those yeah. cast yet. They just had Nimoy and Quinto. And they kind of came out together, and so it made it very clear that we're we're honoring the original, whatever. But we're also well, you, you have to walk a, a fine line when you're saying you're bringing back the original three. Because on the one hand, it's like yay, Star Wars sequels, but on the other, it's like there is a feeling of like this is a really old concept, you know? <laughs> like, well, yes and no. I mean, for this thing to survive, you're going to have to get fresh blood in there. Right, I, I guarantee you that if they like held an announcement that the big threw back like the next day somebody's gonna write that editorial on how like star wars needs to look forward not back you know well no matter what the news is from any kind of official thing the next day you're gonna see so many like splintered perspectives on like the internet mm-hmm. again the only thing that these people will take seriously is anything that's not official news yeah and, <sighs> and so we wait it could be another three months before we have any maybe it'll be sooner God, let's hope not. <laughs> it's already November, you know. It's not. We're not that far away from 2014 as it is. So yeah, we shall uh, see. Yeah. And uh, until then, uh, you know, we'll be back next week if there's something to talk about. If not, uh, we'll be back later. Yeah. Bye bye. The force be with you. Always.